0: Good morning, I'm uh, glad that you guys chose to be here on Father's Day, and uh, our aim is to make it a celebration of our Father in Heaven, and uh, to thank Him for all that He is and for all that He's done on our behalf, and so no matter what your plans look like this afternoon, I pray for the next few moments that you would be um, centered on and around the thought of your Heavenly Father and His love for you. Now we've been in the middle of a series uh, called Habits of Grace, and and it's a series really all about spiritual disciplines, although we don't like that word, because that word discipline kind of makes it sound like it's all about me, and the truth is God is the source of all good things. Right? God is the source of, of every blessing that we could ever think of or imagine. And so, yes, there is something on my part I have to do. There is some discipline required, but my discipline isn't magic. My discipline puts me in the path of, of God's grace. It puts me in the channels of his predetermined paths of blessing. And so the series is really about a cooperation with God. It's about a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. How we can learn about God and the ways that He has chosen to bless His people, and how we can mold our lives to become people that regularly put ourselves in the path that God walks. Because we're in the path that God walks, that's where we will find blessing. Okay? So that's the heart of it. Now, we said when we began this that there were really three kind of sections, three uh, to our study. And and the first was all about Hearing God's voice. And that's what we've been doing. We've been focused on hearing God's voice. We talked about uh, the Bible being the Word of God and the need to, 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 to have Bible intake in our lives, regularly reading the Scriptures, right? From there we moved on and we, we talked about meditation and how important meditation is. It's good to read your Bible, it's important to read your Bible, but that two-second rule is there, right? We read one verse every two seconds, which means that we read um, a, a, a lot in, in a minute. In, in a minute we read about... 30 scriptures, in 10 we read 300, in 20 we read 600, and so when we spend 15-20 minutes reading our Bible, we often walk away going, I can't really remember what I read, so we took in so many verses. And so we've got to slow down. We've got to linger over the text. So we read for 10, 15, 20 minutes. But then we go back to those those verses or that paragraph that caught our attention. And we spend some time just thinking about that. From there, we talked about the need to apply. That That, that a natural segue from that meditation, when we think about the Word of God, should be that we, we begin to get clarity on what the Word of God is calling us to do. And so, so then we, we kind of set a goal for ourselves that day. And that goal may be to think differently about God, to think differently about the gospel, but that goal may also be to go and, and live it out, to forgive somebody that we need to forgive, or to love somebody that we would overlook normally, right? And, and so we talked about the need for application, and then last week, of course, everyone's favorite message, uh, we talked about memorization. I uh, said, memorization for me is a lot like Broccoli. I don't love broccoli, but I know that I'm supposed to eat it, right? And so uh, we, we, the same is true with the Word of God. And so if you weren't with us last week, I know several of you weren't, I want to challenge you, go online and, and listen to the message. All we did is we looked at the life of Jesus and, and, and how Jesus used Scripture that he had memorized to, to do a lot of different things, to, to fend off uh, temptation, to, to teach, right? And so we want we these things to be a part of our lives. So that's what he talked about. So he began this whole study talking about hearing God's voice this morning we're going to transition into the next section of these habits and these habits will all revolve around having God's ear having God's ear another way we might say that is prayer is prayer so join me in a word of what we're about to learn okay join me in a word of prayer this morning father thank you for being so good How great it is that we can gather in a place like this and we can honestly, truthfully, from the depths of our heart, cry out, you are a good, good Father. That's what you are. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the proof of your love, which is your Son, Jesus Christ, who stepped out of heaven and into humanity to take our place, to take our punishment, to take our sin upon himself. He felt the separation from you that we deserve. But he conquered the giant called death. He rose again. He now sits in victory at your right hand as our advocate. And so Jesus, today we say thank you. Thank you for paying the price so that our Father could adopt us. And we could be called full heirs of God. Holy Spirit, we want to recognize your place in our church, in our midst. You are our teacher and our guide, and we want to just invite you in, not symbolically, but truthfully, to come into this place and to take um, your rightful place, which is as our teacher. As you teach us the word of God, would you please lift up our King Jesus that we might see him clearly. And King Jesus, as you are exalted, would you do what you say you will do in our word, which is draw every man to yourself that we might leave here different than we came in. We pray these things in your powerful and precious name. Amen. Amen guys, I, I don't know, I was trying to think about this this week, and you, you guys may disagree with me, but uh, now, how, how many of you have, have, have been blessed uh, to be a parent? You've been blessed to be a parent, grandparent, something like that, okay, awesome, awesome, so I'm just going to kind of talk from my heart, being a parent, one of the greatest things in, in all of my life, I, I remember the day that all of my children were born, I remember the day that my daughter came to us, uh, how how crazy that was, we got a phone call at 3 o'clock, and all of a sudden, I think 3.30, and a baby was dropped off at our doorstep at five thirty, and cps just gave us a bunch of paperwork and we signed it for 30 minutes while we're i'm bouncing with her and and hope's doing all the paperwork because you know i can't fill out anything they would not never be able to read that and so she's filling out 30 pages of paperwork i'm bouncing it. i just remember like i remember all of them how they all came into my life and it's just amazing to be a parent right and and so uh what i tried to think about was like what were the biggest moments of parenthood for me to this point and, and and you know there's lots of milestones for a baby, and I tried to think through those. You know uh, we've got several young babies in our congregation now, and I'm watching the watch one of them walk the other night. And I was like, "What? You should not be walking already, right?" So it's, it's amazing. And so there are all kinds of benchmarks and milestones. But but I honestly think for me, um, I remember kind of that phase. So so we're talking infant, newborn, and and you remember when they begin to open their eyes, their little fuzzy eyes, and they can't see you. They they, they probably we probably look to them like the alien that we. Think they looked like when they first came out but yet there's a bond and, and then as, as your child begins to grow and develop and their eyes begin to, to, to strengthen they begin to recognize you right and, and when they see you they, they, they get that point they can crack that little smile on their face just the baby smile it's not the full smile but it's kind of a smirk and eventually it gets bigger and bigger. And then, and, then, and then your baby begins to recognize who you are just by voice, right? And that's a cool moment. That when you walk into a room and you're talking and your baby's got the strength to lift up their neck and to turn and to look for you because they recognize the voice of their father, right? That's a cool moment as a dad. But I want to tell you something that was probably even cooler for me. As much as I loved... Uh, my, my, my sons recognizing my voice, I think the, the coolest moment for me was when I heard their voice. When they found the ability to use their God-given voice and to speak to me, and I had to double-check with Hope. I was like, I don't want to take this out of context. They said dada first, didn't they? And she's like, yes, they all did. They all did. I, man, I, you don't know how hard I worked on that, guys. I worked on that when they were... Man, they, they were in the womb, and I'm going, Dad, Dad. Like, Dad, hope be asleep at night, I wake up, Dad, Dad. Right? <laughs> Worked hard on that. Earned that. Something precious. There's something almost magical about when your child discovers their voice, and they can speak to you. You know, I find now that I've got a teenager, and I've got, I've got another one with a birthday coming up. They're all getting older. You know, I, I find... I still love it when they'll actually speak to me. When not, when they, not when they talk back to me, but when they, when they actually talk to me about life and what's going on. It, there's just something so amazing about that. And I want you to know this morning, I believe God feels the same way about us. I believe our Heavenly Father feels the same way that, that I feel when my kids actually speak to me. I believe His, his heart almost flutters. Like, like when my kids have a real conversation about life and they come to me and say, Dad, I need to talk to you about something I'm going through. I'm just in that moment, I'm like, I'm totally yours. I don't don't care about what's going on at church. My phone is off. Like, you, let's just talk, right? No distractions. You have my full attention. And I just believe that is the heart of our Father. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about how much God loves to hear from us. Not not just that He loves for us to hear His voice, to know His voice, but He longs to hear from us. And so there's a banner statement this morning, and if you didn't walk away with anything else in this message, I want you to walk away with this truth, okay? Not only does God want us to hear His voice, but He wants to hear ours. Not only does God want us to hear His voice, But guys, He wants to hear ours. And that is what I want to talk to you about. We call it prayer. And the truth is, as children of God, we have the ear of God. We we have the ear of the Creator of heaven and earth. Just just ponder that for a moment, right? Like We don't have the ear of just anybody. We've got the ear of, of the God. The, the creator of heaven and we've got the ear of the most powerful being in all of creation. Like we actually have his ear. David Mathis, in his book from which we stole our title, Habits of Grace. In his section on prayer, he had a subtitle with a sentence that just struck me. Now, I, I want to be honest with you. I read every maybe you've done this before in a book. I read everything underneath the subtitle, and it was oh, it was good. But nothing came close to the sentence of that subtitle, and here's what the sentence said as it described what he believed prayer to be. Ready? He says, "A conversation we didn't start." He says prayer is a conversation that we didn't start. Just think about this with me. From the beginning of time, there was God. Right? In the beginning was God. God God was there. In the beginning, it says in John 1, 1 was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made that have been made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Okay, so in the beginning there's God, and there's there's nothing else. And then God begins to speak the world into creation. And we remember this from Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and, and now there's heavens, and there's earth, and there's there's sky, and there's water, and there's land, and, and there's, there's living creatures, and then, and then we know how He created man, right? He forms man out of the dust. A, a sandcastle, if you will. And, and then God, it says, breathe. He just put His breath into the sand. A little sandcastle Adam made there in, in God's image and likeness. And God just just bends down, because uh, He's God, and just goes... ruah, Spirit. And life comes into the man, right? I mean, that's the way it is. Just the living breath of God, and Adam becomes a living being. And then from his side, he's going to take a rib and create Eve. And so God begins everything. He begins everything that we know, everything that we see, everything that we don't see. And he creates us in his image. And then not only does he create us, but after the fall, then he pursues us. And and He pursues us, and as He pursues us, He reveals His character to us. That's conversation, friends. God is talking over and over again all through the Old Testament. He's saying, I love you, I'm going to pursue you, I've got a plan for you, I'm going to bring you back to me, I'm going to pay the price of your sin, of your rebellion. And so God begins to pursue His people, and He begins to give them a written record of His pursuit, revealing His very character to us, and it's a conversation. God says one is coming, someone is coming that is going to pay the price, it's going to bring you back to me. Someone is coming, a redeemer is coming, a rescuer is coming. That's the Old Testament story, right? And and then we we get to the gospel and, and we learn that this someone that is coming is not anyone, but the someone that is coming, his name is the Word of God. And, and the word of God is, is not just a word, but he himself is God. That he is equal to God. And that he, according to Philippians 2, did not consider equality something to be grasped. So he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. And he humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. And he does this to pay our penalty from the fall. All the way back in Genesis chapter 3. And so this one that comes pays the penalty that we deserve and, and he dies and he is buried but he doesn't stay dead. He conquers death. He rises from the dead. He appears for 40 days and then he ascends into heaven where he now sits at the right hand of God as our advocate speaking on our behalf. Now get this. This is crazy. And it's all so that we can commune with God. It is also that we can commune with God, so that we can be the children of God again. Prayer is an exercise of who we are. Can I say that again? Prayer is an exercise of who we are. It's an exercise of our very identity as children of God. And so this morning, what I want to do, now that I've talked to you about what prayer is, I I just want to spend the morning talking about why we should pray. I'm going to give you four reasons very quickly why we should pray. And I'm going to give you four excuses for why we don't. And here's my hope and my prayer. These, these front four better be greater than these back four. You know what I'm saying? When we get done, and my goal for you is that you walk away and you go, man, these four reasons to pray are so much bigger than my sorry, sad excuses for not praying. Okay? That's the goal. That's the goal. So let's, let's go through it quickly. Uh, four things. Number one, first reason we should pray. Ready? We should pray because prayer is expected by God and commanded by Scripture. We should pray because prayer is expected by God and it's commanded by Scripture. If you have have your Bibles, turn them to Matthew chapter 6 and you're going to need them. We're going to be in Matthew 6. We're going to be in Romans. Uh, We've got a little John in there. But Matthew chapter 6 starting in verse 5. I'm going to read starting in verse 5 uh, all the way through verse 13. And uh, Jesus is speaking and he says this. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people, truly I tell you, they have their reward. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine uh, they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things that you need before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored is holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want you to notice the language. Look at verse 5. It's on the screen. Whenever. Jesus just says whenever. Whenever you do this. Right? Verse, verse 6, again. He says, but, but when? So, it's whenever you do it, but, but when you do it. Uh, verse 7. Again. Uh, when you pray. So, whenever, when you pray. Verse 7, when you pray. Verse 9. Verse 9, he says, therefore, you should pray like this. Now, none of that's a command. It's just an expectation. Right? Jesus expected his disciples to pray. He actually, like, this will be part of your life. So when you do it, do it like this. So we say, it's an expectation. Christians, we've got to remember that we are expected to pray. And not only are we expected to pray, not only is it something that we should all naturally be doing, but, but above and beyond expectations, we're commanded to pray. I remember when we talked about meditation. I I asked you to raise your hand and say, how many of you know that meditation is a command from God? All these people, like, raise their hand. I didn't know that was a a command from God. We were surprised. Well, guess what? Prayer, too, is commanded. It's actually a commandment. So when we don't pray, we're actually actually sinning. That means we're breaking a command of God. And so this is what the Word of God says in Colossians chapter 4. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it. With thanksgiving, devote yourself. That's, that's, That's a command, Right? 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Again, a command. And the command, get this, isn't just to pray, but the command is to pray constantly. If you have the NIV, it's to pray without what? Ceasing. So I'm commanded. So It's expected that I pray. I'm actually commanded to pray. How often should I pray? The Bible says constantly. I don't know about you, that's a little overwhelming for me. Right? Okay? How many of you ever tried a diet? Anybody ever tried a diet? Come on. How many of you failed miserably because the rules were two-step? Right? Two-step, like, I, 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 I tried diet, and it's like, well, you can't have any bread or sugar. Well, that's terrible. That's what life is about, right? I mean, come on. I mean, God made sugar cane. surely. I mean, somebody else figured out how to make a sugar beet. I mean, I, like, I should... Chocolate, hello? That's like God's gift, man. I, I get on a diet, and it's like, you're supposed to eat this, you're supposed to exercise this much, you're supposed to do this, and it's like, it's so rigid. So I fail at all the rigid diets. The ones I do okay at are the ones that say, you have to live this way for six days a week, and then you get one cheat day. And I'm like, yes! And I, man, I work it up on that cheat day. Tell you what. Mmm. So you lose five pounds in six days, you gain four back on the cheat day, and you are still a net loss of one pound. Hallelujah. Yes, it's my kind of diet. Somebody says, Pastor, that's confusing to me. I, 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 it's a little overwhelming. I don't know if I can pray constantly. For, like, I, I, I'm not a prayer person. Now you're saying, I'm commanded to pray, and I've got to pray constantly. That's a, that's a little, little overwhelming. Let me explain kind of what this means. This is the best explanation I've ever heard of pray without ceasing. He says, you remember the days, and we can still do it on our cell phones, but when we had landlines, we were really good at this. You remember call waiting? You know what I'm saying? And so you call, you'd be on the phone with your friend, hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Somebody else would beep in, beep, beep, beep. You'd have to click over and you hello. Anybody ever do that and you, you clicked back over and you were talking about the person on the other line but you hadn't actually clicked over? Anybody been there and done that? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, it's a little easier on yourself. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, but they, this is kind of what they're saying. They say, listen, pray without ceasing. It's like this. Like you get up and you begin your conversation with God. You get him on the phone. Hey God, it's me. Listen, I, I'm so excited about this new day. I'm ready to start. Stuff. You get out of the shower and your kids come running and daddy, mommy, honey. Yeah, Hold on one second. God, I got to deal with this. Now, God's on hold, right? We're dealing with this. But He's still, in the back of our mind, we have the Creator of heaven and earth still on the line. So we got to deal with this. So we can get, and then we go back to the Lord. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might kill them today. Today might be the day if we don't figure this out. Lord, I need you to do some work here, right? And then they come, I forgot my such and such. Oh my gosh, Lord, I mean it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. Lord, I'm going to lose it, ladies. And then your husband says, Have you seen my keys? I don't know what I did with my keys. And where's my wallet? And you're thinking, God, you gave him a brain. Where I, I've, I've set a place in the house for his keys and his wallet. And he still puts it over there and over there and over there. And so you start talking to God. I'm telling you, this man that you gave me, I'm telling you, I don't even know and so it's this continued conversation and you get to work right and and you're praying on the way lord i'm about to go in and i'm so thankful for this job that you've given to me this way that i can provide for my family but i'm going to be honest some days I don't like these people I work with. All right? and so, so, Lord, I need you to be grace for me. I need you to make me a light in this dark, dark place, Lord. And so you walk in through the walls, and your boss comes in and starts griping you out, and you've got to put God on hold again. You've got to listen to the boss. Right? And, and you don't talk back to the boss. You don't say, Well, that was actually your job. You just hmm and, and then you talk to God again. Lord Jesus, I need you to show him that he, I, need, I need some help from up on high, meaning my boss, Lord, he's got to do his job so I can do my job. And you just talk to God throughout the day. Does that make sense? Makes sense? That's what it's taught. That's the command, guys. And so I want to challenge you to think about praying to God that way. Think about praying to God that way. Keep him on the phone. Know that the most important person that you could ever talk to may be on hold and you got to get back to that call. You've got to get back to that call. That's the way we should be thinking about prayer, okay? So, number one, prayer is expected uh, by God and it's commanded by Scripture. Number two, we should pray because we are privileged to have a loving Father. We should pray because we are privileged to have a loving father. I, I, I read this a long, long time ago, and I cannot find the source anymore, so I'm just going to tell you the story. But uh, years ago, Hallmark went into a prison, and they wanted to help out families of prisoners. And so it was Mother's Day, and they, uh, they brought in a bunch of free cards for the inmates to write back to their moms. And so uh, every card they brought in was taken by the prisoners. They ran out of cards. And so they decided when June came around for Father's Day that they would actually order some more cards. And they brought even more cards in June for Father's Day. And they brought them into the prisons thinking that they would go like they did for Mother's Day. The problem is, nobody took a card. I mean, just a handful. And the reason why is because the people in that place didn't have relationships with their fathers. And if they did, they certainly didn't have loving relationships with their fathers. And the card company learned there's a big difference there. There's a big absence there. The truth is, according to scripture, that we have a father that loves us, that is active, that is present, right? Turn with me uh, to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to start reading in verse 12. And I'm going to read all the way through verse 17. Now now, as you turn, uh, I'm going to be in 12, but I'm going to read Romans eight one uh, for a bit and, and just down through verse 4. It says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a a sin offering. That's 1 through 3. Now, down to verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies together with our Spirit that we are God's children, and if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him. The truth of Scripture, friends, is that we have been adopted by God. And that picture of adoption is important because it is the picture of a God that chose us. Of a Father that chose us. That picked us out. That said, yes, that's going to be my child. And, and, and adoption is a costly process. And, and so not only does God say, yes, that is going to be my child. But not only that, but I'm going to pay for that to be my child. I don't care about the cost. And so he loves his son Jesus, but he says, I must have you as my child. And there's only one way that I can have you as my child, and that is to pay the adoption cost. The wages of sin is death. A cost had to be paid. A debt was owed. And so Jesus comes and he pays our debt so that... Not just so that we can be saved. Friend. You, you, you misunderstand the story if you stop at salvation. Jesus did not die in your place just so you could be saved. He died in your place so that you could become a family member of God. So that you could, according to the text, become a son. Now ladies, that's not uh, meant to leave you out. In fact, it's meant to include you in. Biblical times, only sons got inheritance. So the Bible is saying, all men, all women in Christ receive a full inheritance. A full inheritance co-heirs with Christ. Heirs of God. I shared in our staff meeting uh, this week a story of my daughter's adoption. And uh, I, I thought, like most, most parents, if, you've ever, uh, if you guys have adopted, you, you think, like, the court day is the big day, the adoption day. And we're like, I was like, I'm going to cry. Like, I'm a crier, man. And so I just thought, I'm going to cry. It was so chaotic in the courtroom that I, I there, no, it was like, all, uh, all in here, everybody stand up, take a picture, judge, Like I, I walked out going, wait, well, I feel like I missed something. I'm supposed to be crying, and I'm not crying. I, it was just chaotic, right? And I was just super chaotic. But then a couple weeks later, I went out to the mailbox to check the mail, and there in the mail had come, it said, it said, listen, official state uh, document. I was like, what? And so I opened it up, and it was my daughter's birth certificate. And it had her name, her adopted name on it, Faith Elise Huddleston. Born on this day, and then it listed my name, and Hope's name, as her parents, as her birth parents. Her birth record had been changed. That's what happens when we're adopted by God. Man, when, when by the grace of God we receive the gift of Jesus, man, our birth records are changed. And that's what it's talking about. So guys, we are privileged to have that kind of God, right? June 7th uh, was the two-year anniversary of my dad's death. I've told people as I counsel with people um, that the thing that I miss the most, he's still two years out, is I miss being able to pick up the phone and just call him. Just to be able to say, hey, dad, it's me. How are you? Man, I'm struggling with this. What's going on in your life? Like, like I, I, I can't communicate with him anymore. See, what I would tell you guys is it's impossible for me, but it's not impossible for us to communicate with our Heavenly Father. So don't waste the privilege. You see what I'm saying? Don't waste the privilege. That's why we pray. We pray because we're privileged three. got to get through this. We're never going to get out of here. We should pray because we're involved in a battle that is largely unseen. Because we're involved in a battle that is largely unseen. This is the last place I'm going to ask you to turn. It's Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. The word of the Lord says, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heaven. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having prepared everything to take your stand, stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest and your feet, stand with the readiness for the gospel of peace in every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can Extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then get this, verse 18. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. And so here's what the Word of God is saying. There is a battle that is going on. And here's the deal. The battle is largely unseen. That's what it says. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against what we can see. Right? But rather, it's against the spirits and the principalities. It says It's against the cosmic powers of darkness and evil that we can't necessarily see. And a good explanation of this we get from Jesus in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus, What do I have to do to be saved? And Jesus says, You're going to have to be born again. What do you mean I've got to be born again? Does that involve the flesh? Nicodemus says, Do I have to crawl back in my mom's womb? Because that's Gross. Jesus says, no, you don't have to do that. Now, I'm talking about spiritual things. And so he says, Jesus says, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you you must be born again. The wind blows, the wind blows wherever it pleases. And you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. He's saying, like the wind... You can feel it, you can see its effects, you can see the the tree sway, but but you can't see the wind itself. So it is with the spiritual things, Nicodemus. The same is true about spiritual warfare. It is largely unseen. Now now the battle that we're engaged in, by the way, according to Ephesians 6, is hand-to-hand combat. So I want you to imagine with me, now that you are dressed for battle, you've got to pull on the full armor of God. You're ready for hand-to-hand combat. You've got your shield. You've got your sword. There's only one problem. The person that you're fighting, you can't see. I don't know about you, but I'm going to get knocked around by an enemy I can't see. Even if I'm in armor. The armor is just for my protection, right? Swing the sword around. Try to block myself. I mean, I'm going to get whooped up. And so the Bible says, I know you're going to get whooped up. And so in addition to being dressed for battle, to protect yourself, to, to, to go against the enemy, in addition to that, you better pray in the Spirit, because you need some backup. You need to pray in the Spirit, because you need to see your enemy. You've got to pray in the Spirit. So we, we've got to do that. Last reason we pray, guys. Ready? God answers prayer. Man, we should pray because God answers prayer. God answers prayer quickly. We're going to fly through the scripture. John 14, 14. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. Hebrews four sixteen. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God always answers prayer. Now listen, he answers it three ways. Either it's yes, it's later. Hey, it's midnight, you're asking for ice cream. You're going to have to have that later, son. <laughs> Alright? You're asking for some blessing right now. You can't have the blessing until you go through the trial. It's, it's gonna, blessing's going to come later, babe. Alright? You're asking for blessing. It's going to come. That blessing, that blessing's going to come. But it's not going to come until you learn to persevere. It's not going to come to your character changes. It's not going to come till you go through the trial, darling. So, so the answer is later, and sometimes God says later. But sometimes God just says no, and that's answered prayer too. God says no, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm not going to necessarily give you the healing that you want, Paul. I'm going to give you something better. Instead of healing you physically, I'm going to be with you spiritually. And my grace will be sufficient. You'll find more power in me than you would in physical healing. Sometimes the answer is, no, God always answers prayer. That's why we should pray. Very quickly, i got to tell you why we don't. We'll wrap it up. Here's our four sorry reasons for not praying, okay? They are sorry. Number one, undisciplined. We are undisciplined. Another way to say that is lazy. Self-centered, right? I mean, we're undisciplined. Prayer is a discipline. It is a habit. i got to pray. Right, I gotta make myself. I'm supposed to talk without, to God without ceasing, and I want to listen to sports radio. I want to. Uh, I want to sit and, and just just binge watch Netflix because I had a rough day. And you know what? Six hours of television when I should be sleeping—that seems to help. No, those problems will still be there tomorrow. Why don't you talk to the person that can deal with the problems? Undisciplined Two, We have wrong beliefs or doubts. A lot of us don't pray because we have wrong beliefs. We, we have doubts. I, I can't tell you how many people I talk to, they say, well, God's just too busy. He, he's got bigger things on His plate. God has, uh, his, his plate is bigger than you could ever imagine, alright? I mean, He's the maker of all plates. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, like God's plate is, is big enough. God, he is able, God is able to do immeasurably more than we think or imagine, immeasurably more. God is able. He's not too busy. He, he, it's not that he doesn't care about you. God cares, but he wants to hear from you. So we've got to get rid of it. We've got to move past that wrong belief. Three, we have vision problems. So what does that have to do with it? I know I wear glasses. No, I'm going to tell you what I mean. Spiritually, we have vision problems. Some of us are nearsighted. We're nearsighted. That means all we can see that is us. we have a poor view of God. We can't see God in a... So we're, we're nearsighted. and That means that, that we don't see that, that He is able, that He is willing, that He's available. We, 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 we misunderstand the power and the presence of God. But some of us are farsighted. We know these things about God, but we don't see our own need for prayer. Right? We, we don't look in the mirror and go, man, I need help. Man, I need grace. Man, I need fixing. Man, and like, we, we, that's a problem. So, some of us, we, we don't pray because we have vision problems. Lastly, we don't pray because prayer is largely learned. Because prayer is learned. Now, a, a baby cries, right? I mean, that, that you can count that as a prayer. Rah, feed me. Rah. Problem is, a lot of us should have moved on beyond the baby stage, and that's still how we act with God. Rah. God's going, wait, I've, I've, I, man, I, 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 I want to teach you. I want to teach you how to talk. I want to teach you how to use right sentences. I want to teach you when and where. You can move beyond the cradle, friends. You can move beyond the cradle. God wants you to learn how to pray. Now, here's how you pray the best way. Ready? It's how you learn. Just like learning a language, you've got to immerse yourself in a culture. Jump in. You, you go to Mexico, you want, you want to learn how to speak Spanish, go to Mexico. Just drop yourself off. Where nobody, where nobody speaks English. I, I, you're going to learn real quick where, where the bathroom is. It's going to happen. El baño. Yes. Right? Woo. I'm go, I mean, it's going to happen. You're going to learn real quick. I mean, you just go drop yourself off in a culture. I mean it. You, you want to speak French? Go to, go to France. Where everybody's looking at Balei France? You're going to figure it out. El huma I mean, I mean like, it's going to work out. You're going to get it. Immerse yourself, just do it, okay? We, we also learn, we, as we've been talking through meditation, I, 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 as we think on Bi- the Bible, we, we, we know what to pray for, right? Lastly, I, I'm going to tell you, we learn how to pray with others. We've got to be people that pray with other people. And we don't pray with other people so we can take their phrases. Like, it's not about stealing for Oh, that guy had a good way that he opened. When he said, our Heavenly Father, like, I'm going to steal that. No, it's not, about, it's not about phrases, it's about principles. Man, every time Brother Winston prays, I just see him lower his head and get as low as he can. I, I, I just Every time he prays, I hear, him, I hear him join the prayers of others and come alongside them in prayer and say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. Be with him, God. He listens to the prayers of others and he helps them. And so I learned that when I pray with Winston, how I can help push my brother along in prayer. That's what prayer is about. That's what prayer is about, okay? We've got to wrap things up. We're going to close right here. We're going to ask you to participate in what we're doing, okay? Ask you to participate. Jordan's going to come. He's just going to play a little something. You go on piano, go on piano. He's going to play just a little something on the piano. And uh, here is the invitation. And I'm aware we're we're way past due, but it's okay. Uh, Sunday school will wait for you. I promise. Um, they won't have a choice. So, um, but this morning it would be terrible if we left this place and we didn't practice just a little bit of what we preached. I think some of us need to go before the Lord this morning and say, God, I'm just sorry. I, I mean, like that's a confession. God, I'm just sorry at this. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm just, I've been sorry at this. I, I just, man, I haven't, forgive me. Man, I've been crying like a baby. By now, I should have been speaking in complete sentences. And this is just a place we're going to start. We're going to get better. I'm not going to leave you here, All right. God's not going to leave us here. We're not just going to hear a message on prayer and then not learn how to do it. We're going to talk about how to do it from here on. But right now, we start with a confession. God, I'm sorry at this. I'm not good at this. God, I want to be better at this. I am your child, and I have a privilege. And I don't want to forget about the privilege I have anymore, okay? So where you are, just open-handed, would you come before the Lord, I'm going to let you pray. I'm not even going to give you the word this morning. Just just a confession. God, I've been sorry. God, I've been empty. Lord, help me in this. And you pray to your heavenly Father. Your good, good Father. You pray this morning. Tell Him you want to talk more. Just pray to Him right now. Oh, let Father we know that you're in heaven would your kingdom come would your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven give us today what we need forgive us of our sins and help us to be a forgiving people please lead us not into temptation but God deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Can I ask our deacons to come up this morning? We need to wrap up our services. We're going to take up our morning offering. Uh, I'm going to pray for us this morning, if you don't mind. And uh, guys, we're just going to ask if if you're a member that you do, what you're called to do as a member, that you're called to tithe. Uh, that's That's a high bar. It's not a low bar. Um, to say, God, you're my king. That's what it was in the Old Testament, that 10%, that's your king. Now, if you're visiting with us, hear me. You're free to give, but we don't expect it. But if you're a member, we expect it. You've you got to belong to the body. You've got to pray for the body. You've got to give to the body. You've got to serve the body, okay? And so this is our duty, and, uh, and this is the way that we honor God. Father, um, you are a good, good father. And we admit this morning that when we have asked for fish, you have given us fish. When we've asked for bread, you've given us bread. You've you've never cheated us. You've never given us less than what we've asked for. That's not who you are. You always give us what we need. And so today we honor you in our tithe. We honor you by saying that you are who you are. That you are our provider. That everything that we have has come from you and it still belongs to you. We're just temporary stewards of it. And so be blessed as we honor you as our king. Bless this time. Bless this offering. In Jesus' name we pray these things, amen, amen, amen.